hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Welcome to this episode of From Huns to Humans, brought to you by ThriveMind. Whether you're at a crossroads with your career, wanting to scale your side hustle, or want to start a new business, there are places down the road to change where you might feel stuck and need the experienced help of someone who has been there. Enter ThriveMind. ThriveMind is both a boutique marketing company for your small business, and most importantly, a coach and advocate to help you get your small business off the ground effectively and sustainably. Allie Heatherly, former Avon Hun and anti-MLM advocate, is the principal of ThriveMind and has 10 years of experience in business operations and can give you the tools to reach your goals. Visit thrivemindllc.com today to schedule your free no-commitment call to help jumpstart your side hustle business or career change today. That's thrivemindllc.com to make the big change today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take two. Hi, everyone. My name is Danielle Bolster. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I am so excited. I know that I say that every single time, but this time I'm also excited because uh, our guest today is Roberta Blevins, and I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about her, um, probably have, but um, she is just amazing. She is a main reason why I'm anti-MLM. She is the reason I have this podcast and um, she's just fantastic. And I will let her continue to introduce herself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. My face hurts already from smiling. You are so sweet. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am unbelievably excited to be here and talk to you. Thanks. So do you want to just give us a little like where people can find you? Like what's your journey. Yeah, of course. So um, if you've listened to this podcast, you probably are slightly familiar (laughs) with who I am and what I do. Uh, But my name is Roberta Blevins and I am an anti-MLM educator and advocate, Um, probably best known for being in LuLaRoe. I was in the Vice documentary and the Amazon Prime show Lula Rich. Uh, That's me. (laughs) I'm the dead fart leggings girl. Yeah, I like so, that you've embraced that as like your tagline. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got so many comments on Instagram and TikTok when I would show up in people's reels and for you pages that were like, wait a second, are you the dead fart leggings girl? And I was like, yes, thank you algorithm for working. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's me, but I've called those leggings so many different things, but I think that seems to be the crowd favorite. <laughs> 
Um, you should do like a whole reel of just all of the different names for the leggings. <laughs> I could go back carefully. and find them all. Here are yeah. the baldy crying leggings. I, <laughs> <laughs> I um I once called them a dead rat pool party. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, they smell like chlorine, ammonia, and death. So it's like, I don't know, I don't really know what to say that could be more descriptive than dead fart leggings. I mean, it's perfect. It is. It is perfect. Do you want to give us a little rundown of your story? Sure. So um, I lost my dad in 2013. I got married 12 days later. Um. And I was in a very vulnerable position for a few years. I self-medicated with alcohol and food and being sad. And um, it got me through a little bit until I realized this isn't healthy. And someone, uh, as actually my cousin, reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming to her It Works party. And I had heard about It Works before, like previously when I had gotten married, Ahan had tried to get me to buy a wrap right before my wedding. And I was like, I'd like my dress to fit. Even if this does work, like it fits me now. Like I I'm good. Um, I thought it was really predatory. And I thought, well, that was kind of horrible to say to somebody who's about to get married. Like, do you want to be a little bit skinnier? Like, no, I'm, I'm, this is what I look like. So I'm, I'm totally fine with looking like this. (laughs) Um, but when it came around, when I was even more vulnerable, um, it seemed like a better thing right so I go to this party just to support my cousin a bunch of people at the party buy a ton of stuff and I think like one person wanted to join my cousin said hey look and now I've learned that this is a thing in MLM because I've talked to many people but she's like look if you um all the stuff that you want to buy actually is in the welcome kit and you get like two or three more things plus you get the opportunity to make money and here's the thing like all of the people that are buying things at this party if I enroll you, I'll put everybody underneath you and you'll get all the sales. And so like, I'm doing the math really quick. You're actually going to make like $50 and get more than you would if you just purchased. Like, and I was like, well, that seems so silly, right? Like, why wouldn't I do it this way? And obviously we all know those prices are all built in specifically. Like it doesn't actually cost that. I'm still paying way more than I should. Um, and it seemed like a really good deal. And why would my cousin lie to me? And she's wonderful. And I missed her because she had moved. And I thought, wow, this is a way that I get to spend more time with her, be on her team, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of the feelings that we feel. And I already was feeling vulnerable. Um, I did the It Works. I did the wraps. She sent me a free one to try before I even joined. And like, of course, you know, you take your before and after picture, literally be like frumpy and sad in the first one and then stand up tall and suck it in in the second. And that's, I mean, the wrap worked but it only works if you continue to use it, you know, and did it really work or did I sweat or like what, you know, like, sure. I lost an inch or two, but like at what, at like what cost? Um, and like, I remember taking those photos and feeling kind of even, you know, scammy to be like, I'm sucking it in. Even if I did lose two inches, like these photos make it look like I lost six. And she's like, Oh my God, those photos are amazing. Can I share them? And, you know, then they just were shared everywhere. Um, I, I tried to make it work. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work. It works, doesn't work. Um, and I realized probably about um, about two or three months in that it was really not anything that I was interested in doing. I tried, I went to an MLM fair 
which was literally a craft fair, but only MLM people. Thank God. Um, it was horrible. <laughs> I got in, I got indoctrinated into so many cults that night because I had never been to one of those things. I bought my very first 31 bag. Um, I, I got some like doTERRA, like breath mint beads and like all this stuff. Cause I had entered all of their giveaways. Cause I was just trying to be supportive of everyone. And obviously like when you enter giveaways, that's basically you just giving them your information. And so there were so many people that reached out like, Oh my God, I remember you were so sweet. I would love to do a party for you. If you do a party for me. And I got really caught up in all of that for about three months and <clears throat> excuse me. And what happened was <laughs> I just had a bunch of 31 bags. I didn't need I had a bunch of ridiculous stuff. I didn't need. And, um, it just seemed like not great. I was like, I can't do this. This is not my thing. Like, I'm not a fitness person. I'm not a health and wellness person. Like i have just, it's, this is not a good fit. Like this doesn't fit at all. And I felt really weird. And so I quit. I think I made like $700. Like that was it. And I thought, what for all of that work I did and all that schlepping around, like I grossed that much, like how much did I spend? Like, so I don't even know. I probably broke even. I have a question. Um, do you think if Monet was around when you were like feeling like this wasn't the right fit, maybe something else, do you think that you would have ended up doing Monet since you're a hairstylist? Maybe. Um, when I was in LuLaRoe, I had a friend that left LuLaRoe and joined Monet. She had beautiful hair and she sent me some samples and I've been using incredibly good shampoo the majority of my life. So I'm not like a suave person that's finally using something that's like decent. You know what I mean? Like I I've always used really good stuff. So when I use Monet, I was like, what the fuck is this? It was absolutely horrible. Like it made my hair feel so dry instantly. My hair, I wash it probably once, twice a week. One shampoo, two shampoos usually does it. Like I don't put a ton of product in it. My hair is really well taken care of. I had to wash my hair four times with Monet to even get it to lather on clean hair. That was all I needed to know. I said, this is horrible shit. And uh, I never used it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I tried it once and it was literally the worst shampoo I've ever used. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I tried Monet, I like didn't tell my hairdresser because I was using like Paul Mitchell. Like I'm, I'm not right. using like just anything. I was using actual pro like professional product. Yeah. Professional brand, whatever. Um, and and then I tried that and I was like, oh, yeah. but I signed up for the VIP program and I need to make two more purchases. <laughs> right. You're like, great. I hate this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was vulnerable and, and just looking for an answer, I probably would have signed up for anything, but I did try that stuff and it sucked. Um, so I didn't even join LuLaRoe until almost three years later, but it was introduced to me probably two and a half years later. Um, I had been out of the MLM complex for a while and, and had understood like that was a pyramid scheme. Like that was a scam. I'm not into that. So when LuLaRoe came around and here's, here's the caveat for people, not all MLMs look the same. And especially when their reps are like, we're not an MLM, we're a shop club. We're not an MLM. We're just your wholesaler. It's that sort of thing that like, will get people to be like, oh, okay. Cause Roberta on TikTok. Yeah, no, no, no. She's a hater. This isn't an MLM. An MLM. So it's like, oh, all right. You're going to, you can't believe that. Like, right. Like follow the money. Like, is the person trying to convince you to join their scam, like financially invested in you, you know what I mean? Like, come on. So, um, I just, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so you ended up 
joining LuLaRoe three years later. Yeah, I, I, I joined, I joined, <laughs> you see, this is, this is the whole, like, she doesn't edit. And so I'm like, no, <laughs> this is what my podcast sounds like before I edit where I'm like, wait, I just lost my train of thought or wait a second. We just got off track here. Yeah. Oh, we keep it raw over here. We totally. You keep it raw. And that's totally fine. I'm, I'm not as good raw. That's why all my TikToks are like little clips of me speaking because I'm, I'm, I'm not as good on the fly as I am if I've had time to prepare myself. I think that you are better than you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true as well. I would say it's probably true. My imposter syndrome is, is always on my shoulder being like, Hey, you're not as good as you think you are <laughs> constantly. Imposter syndrome is really interesting. And I would love to get into that too. If we want to like sidetrack. Oh, we that. totally can get it. We can totally get into all that. Let's, let's finish this really quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when LuLaRoe showed up, it didn't look like it works. It didn't look like a replicated website where everybody sold the same thing. And it was a super saturated thing. When I looked at the retailer map for LuLaRoe, there wasn't a ton of people in San Diego. I was like, cool. This is great. It's not saturated. Everybody has different inventory. When I reached out to people, they were so helpful. And if they didn't have it, they sent me to other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never experienced this in an MLM. Like I've never experienced this. Like this really truly is different. And so there were so many little things that made me go, okay, this is not like it works at all. There's no, like in it works, as soon as someone joined underneath you, you had the ability, just like in Beachbody, to move them around to build your most effective pyramid. And you couldn't do that in LuLaRoe. And so I was like, okay. Because that seems scammy. This seems like really just building a sales team. So there's a lot of things that look different. So that's really, really important to know that things can look different, especially when they're presented to you as like, this isn't the scam you think it is. But like I always say, and I'm sure you have said as well, there's only one industry that teaches you what to say if someone says you're, you're in a pyramid scheme and it's pyramid schemes. It's literally the only industry that does that. There's no other industry ever anywhere that is going to train you on what to say if someone asks you if you're in a pyramid scheme, but a pyramid scheme. That's the first red flag. Literally, if you want to know if it's a pyramid scheme or if it's a scam, just ask the person, is this a pyramid scheme? And see what they say. Right? Yep. yep. So, you know, I get into LuLaRoe. The whole thing, if you really care, you can, I've got two movies, I've got a podcast, I've got all these things. Most of you probably know, but I was in LuLaRoe, I did really well. I started to see what was happening. It was very rotten, right at its core. I asked a lot of questions. I got gaslit and love bombed and swarmed um, until the point where I was like, yeah, no, I'm in a cult and I'm leaving. And then the treatment I got when I left said cult was so unbelievably culty that it literally just confirmed everything that I was saying. And I'm like, way to prove me right. Thank you so much. And then um, I want to say it was like January 11th or something. So it's like almost been exactly a year or I'm sorry, exactly what, four, four years, five years, whatever it was since I left. And immediately I started speaking out. So I talked to Bloomberg. I talked to any podcaster that would listen to me. Um, I was on so many different shows. I had people come to my house. The Today Show showed up. It never aired. I like. I really like to know where that footage is, especially when they were using my film <laughs> that I'm in, not that I made, but my film all over their their feed and their socials and everything when Lula Rich came out. But they completely ignored the fact that they had spoken to me three years earlier about Lula Row. So. That's that so really, that really upset me quite a bit. I was like, like, probably really now you'll talk about it. Okay. It. 
I wonder if they didn't even realize it. Oh, I like- tweeted them. I was like, remember when you interviewed me three years ago? How come, where's that footage? Nobody ever, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think people would like to see it. I think people would love to see this. Yeah. It makes me feel like they got paid to bury it. But again, that's that's neither here nor there. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I started speaking out to media. And uh, and now here we are. <laughs> Four years later, I was, uh, I was a witness against LuLaRoe in the Washington State uh, Attorney General's case. I had pyramid scheme evidence. Actually, my deposition is now public and it is floating around out there. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, I've shared a little bit on my, uh, on my Instagram and I'm probably going to make a TikTok with some of the best screenshots that are, that are in the public record forever about LuLaRoe from me. It's amazing. Um, so much gaslighting from their lawyer, so much like intimidation and like it, it's, it's coercive language and loaded. Like, it's just amazing. It really is just trying to discredit me in any way he possibly can, um, trying to get me to slip up, trying to get me to admit that things are pyramid schemes in public record. I'm like, well, you know, I can't say th- I wouldn't say that under oath, but one could argue it, you know, so it's like those are the kind of questions. It really was wild. So I've really done a lot of work on the back end um, against LuLaRoe in the years before I really started creating my own content. But in 2021, once the lawsuit was over, after I had filmed Lula Rich, um, and I knew kind of what the year was going to look like based on what I had done in 2020, um, I finally bit the bullet and I started my podcast, uh, which was something that I had been doing. I've got YouTube lives, which were Facebook lives that we put on YouTube, where I was doing this back in, I want to say 2018. I had interviewed Sam, I had interviewed Courtney, and I had interviewed Daryl, although that one was well, we had some technical difficulties on that one. Um, but, you know, I was doing these things. I was talking to these people a long time ago and all of those people are in Lula Rich. And I, I was the first person to talk to them and interview them. And then I was part of another podcast and it just, I really missed talking to people about this because like you and I talk about, it's so wonderful to meet friends like this because finally someone wants to talk to me about this stuff. Yeah. Everyone in my family and everyone in my life is like, en- enough, enough. Okay, yeah. like enough. We don't care. I know. Okay. Whatever. So for me to find that community and then also sort of like create and help, help create and help bolster that community um, has been really great because now I have people that actually do want to talk about this and I've, I've made it my, my career, or at least yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there. Um, and, and that's where I'm at now. And it's, it's so much bigger and better and more amazing than I ever expected it to be. Honestly, it was me as soon to be divorcee, single mom who had been shut down for COVID and literally had nothing else to do. And I was like, what am I going to do with my time? What has brought me joy in the past two years when I did, when I was happy, because I I was very depressed with everything that was going on. And I thought to myself and I was like talking to victims and sharing our story and, and commiserating cathartically and like learning about each other and connecting and creating dark comedy and, and, and TikTok really helped that. And I was just really meeting all these amazing people. And in 2021 just really became this amazing year of, of, of advocacy and compassion and love. And like you started your podcast and I started my podcast and so many people that are, are people that I would, would count as dear friends that I've met this year were in MLMs this time last year. Um, and it's just wild to me that we've created, we've created this, this, like, this is something that was not there previously that we all felt needed to be there. 
And so we made it. And I learned that, that concept in LuLaRoe, <laughs> that if you see the hole, then you need to fill it. And I was like, there's no compassion, compassionate for the victims, right? Like we're making fun of the companies. We're making fun of like the stereotypes or we're talking about, we're calling out the mega huns and we're calling out the, the, the toxic stuff, but no one's talking to the victims. Like, why are we not talking to the victims? And then what I thought was so great about your podcast is you even take my podcast one step further and then go deeper into the mental health aspect. Cause I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm just, I love to talk and ask questions, but I'm not qualified to, to, to go even deeper than that. So for me, like when I heard that you were doing your podcast, I was so proud because it just, it takes it further and it just extends the reach even farther, you know? Right. And I think it's really cool because um, I think that we're going to end up having a lot of like companion episodes that will go really well together. Like the episode that I did with Carla and you did with Carla, like they are different episodes. They are Mm -hmm. different stories, same person, different sides of the story. And it's really cool when you listen to them together. Yes. Um, I really liked that episode. And then you talked to Michelle and I'm going to be talking to Michelle when I get back from my honeymoon. And I know that that is going to be really cool because we're going to be talking about her mental health side. And you guys talked about the business side, like super heavy. And that was so cool. I just finished that episode. Isn't that crazy? So I don't even know. And like, it's not even in the, in the episode because we didn't learn until after. Um, But Deanna Mims actually did a, a video about Beachbody And we talked about this because Michelle and I did an AMA and went live the week her podcast episode came out so that people could, if they wanted to ask questions, whatever. I'm going to try to do that with more people if if they're willing. Um, But it was like wild because we didn't know. And in the, in the episode, she was like, I think like once you hit a certain rank, you can like open up like a third business center. Well, and a business center literally is just another account that can rank and can buy and can qualify. It's literally just. Roberta 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, whatever. So not only can you have your account and then your husband's ghost account, which you both control, but both of those accounts, once they hit a certain rank can have up to 25 business centers each. So you could effectively in your Beachbody pyramid control 52 accounts. Wow. How is that not a pyramid scheme? Yeah. Um, That you could do the same thing in Plexus. Um, but I don't know, I don't know or remember exactly how it worked. I know that when you got to the top of the pyramid, you could re-enter under yourself. So like you build up your whole pyramid, wow. you're whatever the top is. I think it's diamond for Plexus. Uh, so once you're a diamond, you can go back in and be an ambassador and build the whole pyramid again. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know how many times you can do that, but I know, I know it's, I know there are people that have done it. I would be so curious if there's ever like a top beach body rep that wants to write in post like anonymously is listening to this or listening to mine or anything, whether you're in or you're out, but you're like a top, like you're a one percenter. I'm curious to know how many business centers that person opened underneath themselves. Ooh, yeah. I'd like yeah. to know the, the, the maximum amount of business centers that somebody's opened. And if it really was the whole 50 to control the 52 accounts or like how far they got, that'd be really interesting. I don't think anybody, I mean, seems like a lot. So I don't think That's anybody has. That's a lot has. of money to like reinvest into Well, because you, you're going to have your monthly minimums to hit all of your PV and your GV and all of that. Like those are basically all ghost accounts that you can place orders underneath right. to basically stack your own to get a bonus. And here at those levels, your bonus is so much higher than what you're paying. 
So you're still in the green after you've paid everything and you get your bonus, even if it's only like $2,000, which is why a lot of these people at the top were like, I was at the top, but I was only making $2,500 a month at the end because I was buying so much to maintain. Right. It's wild. It's It's so so crazy. crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, After that episode, this is like a total side tangent, but like after that episode, I was thinking about how many times in Arbonne I was coached to open accounts for new customers. Like I was coached to open an account for my fiance who lives with me. And I was like, why would I do that? I can just buy him the product for my account. And then it was like Christmas and I was going to get my mom the skincare set, but like there was free sign on. So my upline was like, oh, just open her an account. Just open her account and then she can buy it. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I buy it through my account with my discount? Well, then if she ever wants to buy anything, she has her own account. I'm like, like I know my mind. mom, I'm going to end up buying it. Like if she wants something, I'm going to end up buying it for her. So like, <laughs> right. I mean, Michelle even admitted to opening up accounts under her cat. Yeah. I was like, what? But yeah, I mean, you get to that point where it's desperation where it's like, oh my God, I only need X amount or I have to have one more sign up this month. I'll just create a new Gmail account with a new email address and a fake name and I'll just buy a pack or whatever. And then she started saying that she would buy multiple different flavors on different accounts. Mm-hmm. And then when she was showing, when, oops, sorry, when she was showing this, she'd be like, oh, a scoop of this and a scoop of this and you make a new flavor. So she's then cocktailing all the different flavors that she's having to buy and encouraging other people. Oh, if you really like the strawberry, you should get lemonade next time. And then you could do strawberry lemonade, whatever. You know right. what I mean? Which, That's okay, so why? I think this is a really big segue into what we wanted to talk about, which is the dopamine stuff. Because, oh, yeah. like, so she's sitting there at the end of the month, going, "Okay, I just need, I just need one person to buy Energize for me. So if I, if I just open up another account, <laughs> if I just open up another account, then I'll be able to rank up and like, you know, and you just like start spinning. And the reason why I like keep making these noises is because that's literally what happens in my brain." Like my ADHD brain, when I start um, getting really hyper fixated on something, my brain just goes like I literally have that background noise under all of my thoughts, and it makes me go even faster in my brain. No, I totally understand what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Anyone who's like not neurotypical listening to this is probably going like, "Oh my god, (laughs) must be weird being in your brain." You mean it like never stops? No, never. never. No, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but the dopamine addiction is real. The dopamine addiction is so real. And here's a funny thing. So when I was in LuLaRoe, I remember sitting at a convention and there was a speaker named Simon Sinek and he was on stage. Now I had read his books. He has a book called Start With Why, which is all about your why and what that means. And then he has another book called Eat, Leaders Eat Last. And Leaders Eat Last was all about like being a leader. And it was a lot of really like basic stuff. Talked a lot about like the hunter and gatherer aspect of communities and how like the more strong people protect, you know, and it was this whole thing about like ancient tribes and the way that communities work together and all the different personalities that you have and how leaders eat last. Leaders are the ones that make sure everybody is taken care of. And then they eat last, kind of like a mom. (laughs) Everyone eats hot food except mom. Mom gets the cold plate. So it's that sort of thing. 
And um, he had really great leadership books. He was really great. I loved his books. I took a lot away from it. I also wondered sometimes, like, I don't understand how this really applies to LuLaRoe at all, but I liked the leadership aspect of it. And they had him come as a speaker. And there was one time where he's speaking and he's talking about the different chemicals inside of our body and the way that they react. And he's talking about gambling. I mean, he literally was talking about gambling and he's talking about how some people it's like, hitting the bell and getting the prize. And like, you do this action, you get the reward. You do the action, you get the reward. And this is like a way that people are. And I was like, oh my God, totally. I understand. I'm totally like that. Like, I really want that watch. I really want that cruise. I really want that whatever. Like, that's me. I'm really reward driven and praise driven. That's me. And so I was really connected to it. And and I thought about that. I was like, dopamine, like what's dopamine? I don't understand. I had no idea at this time that I had ADHD or that I was neurodivergent at all. Like, I just thought I was quirky and fun. I had no idea. I'd never been tested. No one had ever been like, do you think maybe you have ADHD? Most things people said was, are you on something or is this just how you are? I'm like, no, it's just how I am. Um, so like there were a lot of signs, but like, no, nothing ever clicked. Right. So I'm already, I'm already thinking about this dopamine and the gambling aspect. And then as I'm leaving LuLaRoe, it clicks. And I was like, wait a second. Like, that's what LuLaRoe is actually doing. LuLaRoe is using dopamine addiction to get us to open these boxes. It's like opening up a Christmas present, a birthday present, a surprise egg, whatever it is. I remember seeing my daughter's eyes when she was opening up Shopkins and all those little stupid things. And it was like, oh my God. It's like, I remember that. And I'm like, that's what's happening. I could see it. I could see it and I could feel it. I could understand it. And I actually mentioned dopamine addiction In the Vice documentary, I talk about how opening these boxes like gave me dopamine and how I was addicted to it. It wasn't until I started my podcast years later and people start saying like, you talk a lot. I'm like, I have a podcast. Like, I don't understand that. You interrupt people. I'm like, but we're having a conversation. It's not a formal interview where I'm like, please tell me this. And then I pause and then you speak. It's a conversation. And sometimes there's interruptions and sometimes we pop in. This is how I talk to my friends too all my friends, most of my friends have ADHD. So they've never really said anything. (laughs) So like, I never thought it was a problem. I started getting comments that were like, you know, like this, that, and this, and it, it really affected me. And it made me sort of spiral into, I almost decided I wasn't going to do life after MLM anymore. I was like, it's not worth it. It really isn't. It's really not worth it. Like the way that people are is so horrible and terrible. Like I would just rather not do this at all. So um, thank you so much to those people because you made me look in to myself and you made me make an appointment with a psychiatrist um, and you made me do some reflection. And if you still listen to the podcast and you're sticking around, then awesome. I love you. And if you left, then, you know, whatever. Thanks anyway. Uh, and I, I, I had an appointment and I found out that I do have ADHD uh, and the psychiatrist was like, yeah, this is what it is. And, and then in learning with ADHD that it's a dopamine deficiency and like I wake up with like zero dopamine every day. Um, it was no surprise to me that opening up a box really filled that dopamine and everything that went along with it. And I was like, oh my God. And there was so like finding that out. I was like, holy shit. I've known it the whole time. Like it was in my backyard the whole time, the whole time. That's all I just, all I had to do was look around and you guys like, I mean, it felt like Dorothy Gale. Like I really had to go to Oz to figure this shit out. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's just been like a completely different thing now. And now I get to educate about that. I would love to talk to Simon Sinek about this and have him on my show, but 
it really was this weird roundabout way that I sort of figured out all of this before I actually knew that it affected me in this way. Um, and it's a proud moment and a not so proud moment at the same exact time, but it really solidified to me, like everything that I was saying and doing. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right on, I'm right on the money here. They're absolutely using this to manipulate us. And it just, it led me down even more rabbit holes. And like I said, here I am. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's so, I like resonate with everything you said. I am constantly trying to not cut people off. And then I'm like, then I get that, like also the ADHD guilt of like, oh my God, I cut them off. And then I feel guilty about it forever. Mm -hmm. Like I'll like sit in my bed at night and I'll be like, in that interview, I cut that girl off and she probably had something really important to say and I miss it. And now the world will never know. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to learn that mute was a thing. And it's like, it's not that I'm not interrupting and laughing and joking and being like, I know, right. I'm just on mute. So y'all can't hear me now. <laughs> like I'm still doing it. That's why I use video because people I'm like, I'm going to be on mute, but you'll be able to interact with me because my face is, and you'll, you'll know what I'm doing. But if I'm not on mute, like no one will hear you. (laughs) Right. And actually, uh, when I did my podcast interview with you, which, uh, will be out after this one, um, like I learned that from you and I started doing that. I w- I did it a few times before. Cause like the chair that I used to use was really squeaky. So like, sometimes I would like mute myself so that my chair wouldn't make noise. And then I was like, wait, I can do this so that I don't make noise. Right. <laughs> and really, honestly, the only time that I'm not on mute is when I'm being interviewed. So I'm just like, y'all can do whatever you need with me to do with this audio, you know, but when I'm, when I'm the one interviewing, I try to stay on mute as much as I can. <laughs> Um, and I totally had a tangent that, or a thing that I wanted to say, and I forgot it. (laughs) Well, what, what else did you want to talk about, about dopamine? Because like, I think that is really important. There's probably a lot of people listening that maybe don't know they have ADHD. That was a big, huge thing for me. Like, honestly, like my entire life, I've been quirky. I've been weird. I get upset about things. I dwell on things that I shouldn't dwell on. I get really hyper fixated on like one tiny little negative, right? Like a thousand people could tell me that my podcast changed their life. One person will be like, it's the dumbest podcast I ever heard. And that's the one I'm going to focus on for weeks. Right. And I'm going to bring it up in conversation. Be like, did you know the comment I got the other day? Someone said it was the dumbest podcast. That Isn't that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? Like, and I get really upset about it. And, um, I try not to do that anymore. And I tr- really try like, again, with like my own imposter syndrome where there's people that tell me things and I'm, I'm very humble, like as a person and I'm very private in my own private life. Like what I share is what I choose to share. I'm not sharing everything. Like there's a lot that people don't see yeah. in my life because I have to keep some semblance of my own privacy and like my own, what I'm doing, you know? And a right. lot of times like I'll share photos, but it isn't until weeks later. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I did this a couple weeks ago. Isn't this a cute thing? Um, Because for me, like when I turn off, because I am such, I hate to say it, but I am such like a a, a influencer personality. I am like this all the time. Like this is not, this is not a show that I like prep and like get ready for. Like I really am like you're in chat groups with me. Like you get random voice messages and I say weird things. Like (laughs) this really is how I am. There is no show. I'm like this all the time unless I'm tired. And then I'm just like slightly less this. (laughs) 
<laughs> or slightly but, more if you get that like really or slightly more but like because it is so much energy just to be normal like I do take you know sometimes I take pretty deep breaks like I don't even think I've posted on TikTok in like three or four days and it's not that I don't want to I have all kinds of drafts to work on it's just sometimes my executive dysfunction is like you know what like we should but like that that's not gonna what's but that's not what's going to bring us joy. Like we've got an episode to edit, like let's play like some games. Last night we watched Encanto, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to take breaks with my family and my daughter and, um, and recharge. Yeah. I think that's really important too. Um, On the flip side of being an influencer and, and being out there all the time is I, I really do take breaks and it's really important too to just take breaks. And that that was something I never did in MLM. And I there's there's a lot of people out there that are pro MLM or anti anti MLM who will say things like they're so obsessed or they're you know they they spend all their time stalking. It's like I don't do that. Like it's it's a total waste of time. It it it's just weird. Um, for me, like it's just I just want to I I don't care about that stuff. No. I just want to relax. I just, I'm like, I did my thing and now I'm done. I don't need to be on 24 seven. Like I was when I was in my MLM, I don't need to be posting all the time or proving anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is a normal life again. I'm not in the MLM complex where I'm on 24 seven. So yeah. I, I love that. that I'm able to just take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to post anything for a couple of days. I'm totally fine. I'm just, I'm just recharging. <laughs> I think that's a huge um, thing about us. And like, in particularly in that group chat that we're in, we're all like so excited all the time. And actually literally just like the other day, we were talking about like, okay, well, like, how do we like do better self-care? And this is actually a really good point because somebody actually asked us a question. Um, what self-care tips do you both have for people that have recently left their MLMs? And I, I would love to talk about that, but also I think that we should talk about self-care for people that are making anti-MLM content because yeah, both of those things for sure. They're a little bit different and also both very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first thing that you're going to encounter is obviously leaving, right? Before you're making anti-MLM content, you have to leave. Um, and you don't even have to make anti-MLM content if you leave, if you don't want to, you really don't, you don't even have to share your story ever. If you don't want to, it's, it's a right. totally personal thing. And, and you don't ever have to feel pressured to do that. You don't ever have to be like, but all my friends have done it and I haven't, that's totally fine. Right. It, it could take you 10 years to finally share. I got people on my podcast. They're like, I left MLM 20 years ago. I'm finally sharing this now. So it's totally fine if you keep it. So self-care for leaving, knowing that it's totally fine, that you are in charge of your life not your MLM. You don't have this high demand cult leader now getting mad at you because you're putting your feet up instead of, you know, booking another party. So just knowing that you're going to have a lot more downtime and maybe here's the thing. Like I, again, with ADHD, I have a million hobbies. Mm -hmm. And so for me going back to some of the ones that brought me a lot of joy. And again, not all my hobbies bring me joy all the time. I could be on a crocheting kick where I'm like, I'm going to make a scarf. And then halfway through the scarf, I'm like, I don't really wear scarves. And I could just not ever work on it ever again. I've got a half-made scarf. I've got a half-made quilt. It's not even funny. Okay. There are so, I'm so literally, when I talked to the psychiatrist and we were going down the DSM-5 together, like she was answering some of the questions for me. She's like, yep, you do that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to ask you this one. Like it was ridiculous. Oh, I'm so, I'm so textbook. Um, but 
in fact, just going back to the things that make you happy. Sometimes that means doing the laundry and folding it all and stacking it up and making it look so good. Some of you are really like type A and that makes you happy. That is a nightmare to me, but coloring, maybe not even finishing the coloring page, but just coloring a little bit. Um, I'm really into like relaxation games on my iPad, like the little fishing game and things like that, where I can just sort of like zone out, you know? Like yeah. that makes me really happy. Um, maybe making food, maybe, maybe making a meal that was like your family's favorite before MLM, but, but it takes five hours. And so you really never had time to do it while you were in MLM, but it's like this amazing pot roast. I remember that was one of the first meals that I made my family when I left MLM. I've got this like rustic or like rustic keto, but whatever it's not, but you know what I mean? Like this amazing pot roast. It was so good. And my family always asked for it, but it takes a long time. And it's like mostly cooking time, but there's prep. And I was just like, I don't have time for that. And that was one of the first things I made was that meal that my family had been begging for that I never had time for. So all of those little things that you were always like, I don't have time for that right now. Like maybe re-examining those things and being like, you know what I haven't made in a long time? My grandma's lasagna recipe. I'm going to make two of them and I'm going to freeze one. And we're going to have that tonight for dinner or whatever. Like something that brings you joy. Finding those things. And, and bringing the joy back into your life, it was huge for me. Also watching TV again, yeah. going down that Netflix recommendation list of all my friends are like, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, doing all of that, listening to music and not just books on tape. I mean, like, oh, I didn't even know that this, that, that Adele had a new album or whatever. I mean, I know that obviously I own it, the whole thing. I know every single song, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. It's like, what? I didn't even like, where was I for the past year? Those sort of things that bring you joy, anything that maybe the MLM restricted. Um, I know like in LuLaRoe, because it was Mormon based, like you couldn't drink and the coffee was highly frowned upon and things like that. Um, and one of the top, uh, <laughs> this is actually, this actually works. One of the top MLM, um, Hunbots, mega huns for LuLaRoe. Her name's Lindsay Wheeler. She's the one in Lula Rich that said, we need to get away from being a pyramid scheme. My husband said I was going to sh share a cell with Bernie Madoff. She just left LuLaRoe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I'm very proud of her. And at the same time, I, I would love to talk to her when she's ready. Yeah. Um, it's hard to leave. And it's hard to leave. She was so unbelievably loyal. She literally morphed into a mini Deanne over her time in LuLaRoe. Um, she literally has a shirt that says LuLaRoe lifer. Like, it's, it's that deep. Right. And she left and she's saying that Lula is still amazing, whatever, whatever, like maybe one day she'll speak out. Maybe she won't, but back to the point, her Instagram stories, I don't follow her. So people just told me this, um, but her Instagram stories are just filled of pictures in the last week or so of her enjoying coffee, enjoying champagne, doing the things that she could have never quote unquote put on her Instagram stories before as a representative for the cult. And so she's actually finding those little bits of joy and reintroducing them into her life. And it, it's a small example, but like that's, she's intentionally posting those. Like that's her way of showing that she's free, right? She's like, I can have champagne and no one's going to say anything about this. Right. I can have a cup of coffee and no one's going to be like, what are you doing? Right. So I thought that was interesting. And, um, some people have been making comments and I, I really said, like, I'm glad she's out and I hope that she speaks up one day. Yeah. And that's how I feel. If she's ready to speak out, I would love to hear it. I would love to talk to her in a non completely non 
judgmental, <laughs> unconditional, like, let's just talk about this kind of way. If you're um, listening, we are here for you. <laughs> yeah, like that's the kind of stuff, right? Like, yeah, it's those um, sort of things. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and what are your recommendations? Yeah. So I would say one of the things that was really big for me is when I was in, I was putting a lot of things off that I needed to do. So like I was behind on a lot of paperwork. I was getting very stressed out at work because I was just drowning. So when I left, I was able to like really focus on all the things that I was neglecting and like get myself to a spot where I like felt good about the work I was doing and felt good about like being employed. (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) like I'm not a piece of trash that they're paying. (laughs) Like, I mean, I was, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I, I was behind on a lot of stuff that I should have been, you know, doing better at. So like, I think that there are a lot of people that get really sucked into their MLM and it overshadows their job that's actually paying them. And there are going to be things that you need to go back and like fix in, in your regular job to make sure that you're safe and financially, and also to like I said, feel good about the work you're doing. Um, Cause like when you're doing half-assed work, you don't feel good about it. Like I imagine if you gave someone a botched haircut, you would be like, uh, I oh God, I would never it. stop thinking about that. Ever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think other things is just like you said, like owning the fact that there's going to be more time available to you um, and not being scared of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the other thing, like being okay with the nothingness. Yes. And just like there, I can't even tell you that sometimes now, even with how busy I am with the podcast and and everything, because I do listen to the way my body and my mind and everything is talking to me, right? I don't ignore those things anymore. And so it's like, even sometimes with the podcast, I'm like, I don't have anything to do. Like, or I might have a really busy interview day, but it doesn't start for an hour and a half. And I'm like, I, I get I guess I could, I guess, start laundry or make a bagel. Like, I don't know what to do right now. Like I literally have an hour and a half of time that is not assigned to anything. I I don't have to do anything. Like I could literally just go back to bed and take a nap or I could make a big fancy coffee or I could make myself breakfast or I could go for a walk or I could catch up on emails. Like it's literally this big scheduled out. I mean, not intentionally scheduled, but scheduled out time for me to do whatever I want yeah. and it is so unbelievably freeing kind of scary at the beginning where you're like but like I don't have anybody to ask like I have an hour to do what should I do like an hour to kill what should I do like there's no one to ask right like you are your own upline now so you're like what do I do right. whatever the fuck I want is the answer and you know what else has been really cool too is like for instance the group chat that we're in um like at first I was like, oh my God, they're talking. I need to be in it. I need to be talking. I need to listen to every single voice message. Like I need to do I miss all so many. And then I was like, wait a second. We're all just talking about anti-animal. I'm sorry yeah. about weird stuff, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we're all just talking about the same stuff. So like if I miss one, it's not the end of the world. I can go to bed or right. like, my, my fiance came home last night and like, you guys are still talking. And I was like, I don't have to be a part of it. I can just right. look at it later. No one's going to be mad at me. 
No one's nope. mad at me for not showing up to the group chat or not posting on Instagram. Like that has been amazing. It's been amazing to be able to post because I want to post. When I first got out, I like stopped posting for a little bit. Cause I was just like, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Why would I post? Like, I'm not getting anything from this. And then I was like, wait a second, you weren't getting anything anyways. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. Like even those group chats, cause like being in an MLM, I was in a ton of group chats. I'm in a leader for our team group. I'm in a leader for the other, like upline, like upline, upline, upline groups. Right. And I'm in so many groups like that now, but the, like you're saying, like the caveat there and the difference is it's not mandatory to be there. I miss probably 90% of what's in those chats. And sometimes I'm, I will just click something and it's like, Hey, Roberta. And I was like, Oh, like this one actually is to me. And I missed it for like a day and a half. And so I'm just like, if it's really important, just send me an, my, my own message. Cause I probably missed it. It's totally fine. And it's okay if you miss it. And I'm sometimes I'm like, just tag me. If, if you need me to see it, tag me and I'll try to see it. And if I don't see it, like mention it the next time we talk, it's non-urgent. It's not a huge deal. It's a really wonderful community. I really highly encourage if you are leaving your MLM or you're out of MLM and you don't have anybody to talk to other than just people in groups, reach out and be like, Hey, you know what? Like, I really like you. And like, you make fun, like your comments always make me laugh. Do you want to be friends? I'm looking for some anti MLM friends and start your own group chats, start your own group chats of people like maybe that are in not necessarily your MLM, but similar MLMs, you know, like Plexus and USANA, like you could get together or be like, oh my God, we were both in the same similar kind of thing because they're all the same. Right. Right. And just to enjoy your new friendships. I know I say it a lot, but the friendships that I have made in the anti MLM movement are infinitely better, stronger, more rewarding more passionate, more true, more everything than any of the relationships I ever had when I was in any of my MLMs. I mean, the women that I speak to and the the friends that I've made, like they are incredible, incredible. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's, it's amazing. And you think when you're in these MLMs, like nothing, nothing could ever get better than the community when creating. It's not true. It's so unbelievably toxic. The anti-MLM community is all of that plus more. And there are so many different kinds of people and different opinions and different ways about going about the, the other side of MLM. You can find your little niche of people that you're like, I really like the content you're creating. Like these are the, these are my people. There's right. so many really great Facebook groups. It's, it's incredible. I've got one for our page. Um, Jessica Hickson has a great one called uh, the light at the end of the pyramid, which is a really compassion based anti-MLM group that I think is wonderful. I have a um, discord group that, um, it's still very baby, but, um, I do have a discord group for people that don't want to be on Facebook. Cause I have a hard time oh, with Facebook yeah. because you just get sucked in. Like, you know, when you're scrolling, Ugh, there's too Facebook. many things like, so I was like, okay, discord, it also really works for my like ADHD because it's organized in the channels. I don't know if yes. you've ever played with discord. It's so much for me. Like, it seems yeah. like it would be wonderful if I could set it up, but the act of setting it up is my limit right there. Like that's where my ADHD is like, no, that's a lot. Cause I have so many other things. Like I have my Facebook group. I'm not in there that much because I am doing so much. I have a team of amazing moderators. A lot of them were guests on my show. So I know 
that there, you know, it's the same feeling here, right? Michelle is one of them too. Right. And it's just wonderful women who I know will make the decisions and this that I would make, you know, they'll sometimes be like, well, we haven't approved this yet. Cause we want to hear what Roberta has to say. And I'm like, there's a reason you guys are my moderators. I trust you. You right. guys know what I'm doing. If you think, <laughs> I hate to say this, but like, think, what would Roberta do? Would Roberta deny this post or would Roberta approve it? And if Roberta would approve it, then prove it. But if you're like, mm, this seems like it might, then don't, don't approve it or leave it there. It's totally fine. Um, I, it, it's an amazing, I, I'm just, I'm so excited with the way everything's going and how everything's growing. And it's just, it's, it's, it grew a lot faster than I thought, which is why I'm so unbelievably unprepared for it. But at the same time, it's so important to me, which is why I am putting so much effort toward growing it and nurturing it and finding the right people to help me continue it as well. Let's talk about, let's talk about growing, um, yeah. growing the anti-MLM movement. So like, mm. what are things that you feel like people can do to support anti-MLM? Like maybe they don't want to create content. Like what are the things that they can do? Right. So there's a lot of people out there that feel passionately, but not so passionately enough that they want to take time out of their day to create infographics and TikTok videos and YouTube content. Like I get it. Right. I totally get it. Um, one of the things that you can do to support, you can, if you want to tell your story, but you're not ready to, to tell it, I do anonymous stories. I'm sure you would as well. If you haven't already, I do anonymous stories all the time. If you want to tell your story, even if you just want to tell a little 20 minute, you could reach out to, to one of us and say, you know, I just, I wanted to tell my story anonymously, use it whenever you can put it in whatever episode it fits, but I really just want, it's just going to take me 20 minutes. And I just really wanted to say this, that could be so unbelievably cathartic. I've had so many people that were anonymous come to me later and say, thank you so much. I've actually now speaking out under my name because the, I felt so brave speaking on your podcast anonymously. Right. Exactly. I think that we both, um, like use pseudonyms for people that want them, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you, Moira, Moira is just a Schitt's Creek fan. She, that is not her real name. Ariel has bright red hair. That is not her real name. So it's like these people are choosing things because like, this is what, this is how I want to identify myself right now. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine. Your story is valuable and it's valid. Okay. Absolutely. And it's important. And there's so many times I get emails and you can tell me if you get these emails too, but I get emails and they, you always preface it with this. I don't know if my story is important enough or there's any place for it on your show, but, and then they give me like the longest email I've ever received ever. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have a story. You just typed it out. And it's always something that I'm like, we've never told this. Like, yeah, that's why I reached out to you. And I'm like, when are you available to speak? Because everybody's story is valid, right? Like maybe you didn't get sucked into a cult that bankrupt you and you lost your husband and you lost your house and you lost your car. Maybe that didn't happen to you, but maybe you lost your best friend since childhood. Yeah. Maybe you watched your mom spiral into a depression she never got out of. Like it could be a tiny story, a tiny thing in your life, but it could connect to somebody else in such a huge way that impacts them to go, oh my God, I, I'm in an MLM. I'm in a cult. Oh my God. I have to leave this episode. This 20 minute segment was the straw for me. This is where I finally connected. And so I don't want anybody to ever think that their story isn't big enough or sensational enough or like wild enough or crazy enough or shocking enough because not every story is going to be those things. And not every story of leaving an MLM has to be a horror story. It could be 
a, a beautiful story. Yeah. And you know, it, it could be a wonderful story. It, it doesn't have to be nasty. Um, and for me too, like, I feel like my podcast is for, for the people that come on first and foremost, like it's a form of healing to tell your story. So like, Absolutely. if you're able to come on and tell your story and you have the most basic story, it's the same one that we've heard a thousand times, but you tell it and you feel amazing afterwards. Awesome. I'm happy to post it. I'm happy. Absolutely. Like, and just because you feel like it's the most basic story, it still could connect with someone because yeah. the most basic story is the one that's happening over and over Everyone. and over again. And those are the ones that get those people that are like, oh, but like, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. LuLaRoe bad. It's not paparazzi <laughs> bad. Yeah. I, no I, one died yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Right. There's, right. there's bad everywhere. Like, and like, and then secondly, it's for the listeners, like, and like some listeners are going to connect with a story and some listeners are not, and that's okay. Absolutely. They might get up the next one. I, and that happens, right? And, and just like you're saying, the commonality, the common denominator, mm-hmm. that is the impactful thing. I have, I have a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, I love your podcast. And what's so unique is it's literally the exact same episode every single time told infinitely different ways. And I'm like, right? So like, you know, the up, the crest, the, the abyss, the fall, the hero's journey, like it's the whole, like it's there every single time, but it is different. And yeah. I get so many emails that are like, every single episode is the same and not in like a, you should make different content, but in the, oh my God, how come I never saw it until now? Right. You hear the same story 10, 15, 87 times. All of a sudden you're like, wait a second, maybe maybe oh okay this is a pattern she's right it is systemic okay no okay she's she's right I see what she's saying no this makes sense like that's that's what is happening so it doesn't like it doesn't have to be sensationalized and and on honestly most of the storytelling is for your benefit and not mine right right um we also have somebody that asked about how to rebuild your self-esteem after you leave your MLM. They said that Beachbody was like really tearing them apart and they are struggling now. Right. Okay. So again, with that cathartic group therapy, right? Find a good group, find good people, find other Beachbody victims, survivors, advocates, and reach out to them. Michelle is a fantastic resource. She will be your best friend. She's amazing. Yeah, reach out to awesome. Michelle, um, fallible Spoonie or Spoon Stop. Uh, she's incredible. She was with Beachbody. She will talk your ear off. She will talk to you and help you out. Um, there is a new Beachbody group that Amber, Amber Nye, well, she, everybody knows her as Amber Nye, but Amber Nye um, has made on Facebook. And I think it's called, I can't remember, but it's about Beachbody. If you, you can um, pop it in your show notes. I'll yeah, send if, it you, if you can send it to me, I'll put it in the show notes. But there are so many Beachbody, LuLaRoe, paparazzi whatever recovery groups if you can't find one then maybe you can find a couple people and you guys can make one right it's not super hard to make a facebook group it doesn't have to go viral and be this gigantic thing it really could just be a private place for people to air their grievances yeah to be like that happened to me too so again with the group support 
And, and like I said, when I left, there wasn't a ton of group support. And so I made it right. right? I joined what I could. And when I needed more, I branched out and I made that support myself. So you're going to find a ton of, of that sort of self-worth in processing out of it. And there really isn't any way around it. You have to go through it. Like there's the only way is through and it sucks. But you're a beach body person too. Oh, sorry. You finished. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying it sucks, but like, that's the way, like, that's how you process through it. If you go around it, it'll still be there. It will always be there. It'll always be that little, like, remember when you did beach body? Remember? And yeah. if you don't process through it and be like, remember when you did beach body? And you're like, yes, but it was a scam. Remember we worked through it. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like you have to, like the only way is through. It really, really truly is. The only way is through. And it sucks and you're going to cry and you're going to scream and you're going to get mad. But all of those processes of grief are necessary. I have people that reach out to me. Like I was saying earlier, like I left MLM 15, 20, 25 years ago thinking I just couldn't hack it. I was a loser. I was a failure. And I just buried it like a skeleton in my closet. And then I heard your your show. And then I was like, oh God, I got to process through this. And there are women who have not been in MLM for 20 plus years, who are processing through these emotions for the first time. And they're like, I'm so happy I'm doing this. I had so much guilt. I had so much shame. I had so much pain and like hurt in my heart thinking that I am a failure, that I couldn't do it. And I'm watching people do it and thinking, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You just have to process through it and find the right people and the right support groups, but we're there and we want to be there for you. And we want to help you. And there's so many people check the anti-MLM community hashtags, check all of those things. I guarantee you there is a, an advocate for almost every single major MLM. And most of those major MLMs are close enough to the minor ones that you could still talk to that same person. So, you know, like I, I can't even think of like, you know, talk to you uh, if you're in a different weight loss, like a, an opta, uh, opt, whatever the fuck, yeah. Optavia. <laughs> and there isn't an Optavia support group, although there probably is. You could join a beach body support group and say, look, there isn't an Optavia support group. That's why I'm here. And you might meet people in there like, that's why I'm here too. And then you can create an Optavia support group. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's really good as a way to to create more anti-MLM content that is supportive and compassionate and helping people process out of these as, as a group therapy session. Um, the other thing for Beachbody that me and my fiance did that really helped both of us is that we actually took our um, Beachbody group. Like we weren't Beachbody coaches, but we were in a group and we had a bunch of people that were really upset with our coach. So we made our own group and we said, you can drink whatever you want, like for shakes, you can do whatever kinds of workouts you want to see a personal trainer. You want to be coached by my fiance. You want to do beach body still cool, whatever, do whatever workout program you want. You want to do it off of YouTube. Cool. Um, and then like, we all post about it. We all check in. We talk about different recipes and things like that. And like, it's That's the great. same group without the cult. The MLM, right. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. It's awesome. So I would encourage you to make your own group, like go find or like, if you have customers that are like, I really liked the support group that we had, just right. don't want to do Beachbody anymore, make that group. 
Absolutely. And just even the making of the group is so cathartic because you're like, look at what, and then watching it grow and watching it become something and nurturing it and being like, wow, like I'm an anti-MLM advocate without actually having to go out and put myself out there. I'm just the moderator, admin, whatever creator of this group. And I'm creating support and help in here. And then obviously reach out to us and let us know about it so that we can also let all of our listeners know, Hey, there's an XYZ support group now. So everybody listening that needs one, check it out. It's here. There's a new discord. There's a new Reddit thread, whatever, you know what I mean? And it's, it's really important. Um, not everybody has to be a figurehead in this movement. You right. can, you can just be a silent cheerer honor from the side, commenting in these groups and, and helping people when you see problematic language, like I'm stupid to be like, Hey, you know what? You're not stupid. Hey, if you're stupid, I'm also stupid and we're all stupid. So you're not stupid. And this is why, and check out this podcast, check out this podcast, check out this resource, check out this Facebook group. I think you might find some help there. And just even just doing that, just even guiding people to the right places who feel and look lost is is really helpful as well. Now I feel like let's talk about, oh, so there are two things that we didn't talk about. Uh, reporting, which is a huge part of oh, yeah. the MLM community and like what you can do without creating content. And then what do you want, like what? I feel like we should also open the door. Like if you are listening and you're like, I want to make a podcast, I want to start a YouTube yeah, channel, okay, I want to sure. make content, like we welcome you and let's Absolutely. talk about that a little bit. The more the merrier always, like there's no competition. So I, I just, I love the idea of there's so many different ways to be a part of the anti-MLM community without having to be a figurehead, mm-hmm. without having to put yourself out there for backlash and all of that. Cause not everybody is ready. It took me a very long time, right. To actually be like, hi, this is what I look like. And this is what I sound like. And I'm sorry, not sorry. Like it took me a long time to have that confidence and do that. So don't feel guilty if you're not there yet, or if you never get there, it's totally fine. Like in this anti-MLM machine, we need more than just cogs, right? We're not just all cogs in an, in a pyramid. There's nuts and bolts and, and all different kinds of things in here. And we need every single piece to make this run effectively. So don't ever feel like you're not doing enough or you could be doing more. You're, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing. Um, reporting. Reporting is so essential. So there are so many different places you can report. I always have in my show notes um, on my podcast, I have all the links of places that you can report. If you're in the U.S. and if you're outside of the U.S., Uh, You can reach out if you're in the States, you can reach out to your personal state representatives, reach out to your AGs. Uh, um, You can email them. You can start letter writing campaigns. There are certain AGs that are a lot more consumer friendly than others and consumer protection friendly than others. So even doing your research there and understanding their political background and being like, okay, maybe this year isn't the right year to send this letter because this might not ever get any traction or maybe reaching out to a different state. Right. Um, Washington state, obviously with the LuLaRoe case, very, very consumer protection friendly. Florida with the Monet case, very, very consumer protection friendly. So those two states already are like up ahead of the game. Um, those are the kinds of things you want to do, right? Report to your AG, report to the consumer fraud protection agencies, report to the FTC, report fraud.ftc.gov is the website there. You can report actually, fraud there. I actually have your, I, I still have your, um, how to help section. There you go. So you can also find it in the show notes of this episode as well. Yeah. Um, you can research, you can reach out to Tina, which is truth and advertising and let them know, Hey, look at all this stuff I found. They love screenshots. They love all that stuff. Reach out to them and let them know. Um, Hannah Martin, though she's not in my um, in my show notes, 
uh, runs Talented Ladies Club, and she talks a lot about MLMs. They debunk a lot of stuff, and that is an incredible website and resource that I use a lot too. Um, and that's another place where you can reach out to Hana and be like, hey, did you know about this? Uh, most likely they know or they're looking or you know what I mean? And it, so that sort of stuff is important, like not only just letting the regulatory agencies know, like the FTC, the FDA, Health Canada, whatever country you're in's regulatory agencies, but also like the consumer protection, like advocates, like let's say mama, you can send things to her. She'll test them for you. Uh, like Hannah Martin, Talented Ladies Club, like Tina, like all of these different things. You can reach out to those people. You can reach out to me too and be like, hey, have you heard about this MLM? And I can start researching it and I can put together an episode. It might take me a while. I'm very busy, but that's another thing that we can do as well. If there's something that's happening that you feel like isn't getting traction and you want more eyes on it, like when we did it with Boo and paparazzi, like that sort of thing, that, that grassroots community that is what really gets the attention. And I've worked with many, many media outlets. I have connections at BuzzFeed and Business Insider and Bloomberg and all these things. So a lot of times when those things come out, like we can reach out to those people as well and say, hey, did you know this is happening? This is a business related thing. There's so many different places to reach out. So if you do have good information and you don't know where to put it, you know, you can reach out to us as well and be like, I have this info. Who should I send it to? But yeah, reporting is essential huge it's huge and um i i think that it's i have a hard time deciding which is more important reporting or consumer awareness i think that they're equally important because let's be real it's taken this long for mlms to start getting the notice for what they are and if the best we can do is educate as many people we can that these are not okay eventually they will stop yeah. I mean, eventually people will stop joining them and they just right. will cease to exist because their profits are, are dwindling to the point where they're like, this doesn't even work anymore. We, it's, it's all about consumer advocacy, right? Like we right. have to tell people what's happening. They don't know what's happening until we tell them. Right. And it, that's just the truth. They just don't know until we tell them. And some people out there are great at reporting. Like that's what they want to do. And if you just want to be an anti-MLM reporter and like be sending these screenshots and doing this on your free, like by all means, I would love that. I don't get to report nearly as much as I would like to. I am so busy. And so having people that are like, you know what? I want to be a part of the anti-MLM community, but I'm not making content. I don't have that time. If you just want to take on the, the role of being the person that has the Google alerts, is looking for things, is sharing things on Twitter, is reporting these things, like that's also very important. It just is. to be sharing the news links and to sharing the information and, and reporting things, it's it's very important as well. Yeah, because I think that a lot of people think that, you know, like, oh, like the content creators are all reporting everything. I don't have to. I, I don't for have me, the time to, I'm not to looking report nearly as much as I would like to. <laughs> I'm not looking for things to report. That's not right. what I'm doing. For me personally, I know that there are content creators that do work very, very hard at reporting stuff, which is amazing. I, I just, I try really hard not to see MLM's content right. in general. I, that's not what I want to see. Right. <laughs> I don't want the algorithm pushing it on me. So I try not to actively look for it. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and honestly, I wish that I had the time to just scroll, but it's, it's literally like, do I scroll through Instagram or do I take an hour break for myself? And 
like I said earlier, you know, like sometimes I choose me. And, and so I just don't have the time to do everything I would like to do, which is why I have helpers, as many helpers as I can. Um, and that's just how it is. You know, it's like I said, there's a place for everybody in this movement. This machine needs nuts and bolts too. Right. And the reporters and the sharers of the factual, like just the, just the, just the reposting, the posting it on the stories, the reposting, the sharing that that's a nut and a bolt job. And we need a lot more nuts and bolts in this the, machine of cogs. Absolutely. The amount of people when I first came out as anti-MLM, because I was sharing screenshots of your podcast and I was like, this episode really made a difference in <laughs> this one. And I, and this is what I learned from this. And I would like screenshot the episode. And then I would talk about the episode on my personal Instagram. Um, this is like way before you even knew I existed as a person. And I was like, oh my God, she can't see what I'm saying. <laughs> So like, I would like talk about it and then I'd have people that would come up to me and more now they're like, when you posted that episode on, uh, life after MLM, that like changed my life. Like I went, like, I heard what you said and then I checked out the episode and I stopped buying from MLMs. So like, we've been a tag team for a long time. You just didn't know. (laughs) I just had no idea. There's so, and it's so funny is because like, I had this like recording schedule up with like all these people I was talking to. So in like the fall, when I was really busy and I wasn't recording as much because I was doing so many interviews and like traveling and doing all the Lula Rich stuff was when I really had time to sit down and actually just enjoy content. And that's when I found most, that's when I found Mallory and Jenny and you, like, it was a lot where I really could sit and like, look and be like, oh my God, like these people are incredible. And that's when I started reaching out and being like, I would love to talk to you on the show. And they're like, oh my God, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been, and I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> like I didn't even know. I'll you just like in the background going, <laughs> like, I had no idea you knew who I was. I would say it's probably very similar to the very first time I ever uh, reached out to Sarah Edmondson. Where I was like, oh my God, you don't know me, but I just filmed an anti-MLM documentary just like yours. And there's like so much about it. that's like so similar to Nexium, And I just really wanted to talk to you and just like introduce myself. And this was back in like March. And she like messaged me almost immediately. Oh my God, I'm so excited. When does it come out? And I was like, I have no idea soon. I don't know. And like, we became friends and I was just like, I can't believe Sarah Edmondson wants me on her podcast. I can't believe she knows who I am. And now like, they're very now we're friends. They oh, they're so wonderful. Responsive. I love Sarah and Nippy. They are they're so incredible. Great. They are so incredible. She is one of the most amazing women that I've met in the anti- MLM anti-cult movement. Um, she is just, I, I can't say enough good things about Sarah. She is just the joy of my life. She is so wonderful. I told her, I said, I am so proud to call you my friend. Like just like watching the vow because she's going to come on the show. And I was re-watching everything and refreshing my mind. And I just had to send her a message. And I was like, now that I can actually message you because we're friends while I'm watching this. So I just have to tell you, like you are such an inspiration to me and you are so strong and so wonderful. And thank you so much for paving the way. And she's like, I feel the exact same way about you. And I was like, Oh my God. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just this incredible. And it it just, it makes me feel so good that like, I'm continuing that with you. And like, you're definitely, it's going to continue with you and continue and continue. And there's all these incredible, strong survivor women who start podcasts and become besties and it's wonderful. And it's a great segue into our next question, which was, what, what is this crazy life and how do I do it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, 
Um, um, so the first thing you need to do is start recording. I think that's probably the first thing. I remember um, having the idea for life after MLM in my head for probably two and a half years before I actually hit record. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what it was. I, I, it was just an idea in my head. And I was like, I just kind of really like talking to the survivors. And I didn't want to pigeonhole myself in LuLaRoe. I was like, I don't want to just talk to LuLaRoe people. Like that's getting old. And that was years ago. I felt it was getting old. And um, <laughs> I mean, I understand everybody that's new. It was like, oh my God, LuLaRoe. And I was like, yeah, I know. But like, that's like, like I've been there for like, what, six years, <laughs> like seven, six, seven years is my life in LuLaRoe. So I'm good. Like it's old news to me. Um, the first thing you need to do is record. I started using Anchor. This is what I used. It's free. There's an opportunity for you to randomly get ads. I think the majority of the ads, I, I think I, I made like $2,000 maybe in ads over the course, if I was lucky enough to get one at the right time. So I didn't go into it thinking this is going to be a moneymaker. That's the first thing you have to understand. The podcast might support itself and that might be it, right? So the money that I've made with Life After MLM at this point, before, before I went pro, we'll say, when I was still on Anchor, um, it helped me pay for my computer upgrade, even though I bought it before. It helped me pay for my microphone upgrade and all of the things that I've upgraded to make the show better. Um, so those things are not things you need, really need to work out, like wonder about and worry about in the beginning. You don't need a professional podcasting mic. You don't need to spend all that. Um, I do have my favorites like that I use in my Amazon favorites, my cheap one and the one, the one that I used to use and the one that I currently use. If people are interested, um, you don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a very, very fancy mic. Um, but a, a decent mic and a decent headset is a great thing to have. Uh, it just helps with the audio. Learning how to use mute obviously is good. I record with Zoom. Same with you. It's cheap. Uh, if you use the paid version, it's cheap. And if you use the free version, it's free. So you can very much easily use that again with staying on mute. Anchor has its own um, editing software within Anchor. If you edit, I edit, Danielle doesn't. Uh, but if you want to edit, it's a thing. It takes time. So again, like if you're like, I only have a few, like figure out how much time you have per episode, right? Because if you're going to edit it, it's times two because you got to do the episode, which is going to take an hour plus, then you got to edit, edit that hour plus episode, which means listening to it for an hour plus. So now you're double in if you're editing. So there is a little bit more there. It sometimes will make the show better, more streamlined, but again, it's what you want it to be and what you want it to look like. And you can always improve and grow as you go. You don't have to start super studio. You're not Jane Marie. This is not the dream. Okay. It's not. So you're not a, you might be a journalist, but I don't know if you work for NPR and I don't know if you have all that stuff. So you can't compare Jane Marie to yourself. You can't compare me to yourself. You can't compare Danielle to yourself. You are starting a brand new book. I've been writing my book for four years. Okay. You're starting a brand new book. Don't be too hard on yourself. Figure out your, I want to do an anti-MLM podcast. I love from Hunts to Humans. I love life after MLM. I want to continue that. That, that brings me joy to listen to. I want to continue that. Great. The more the merrier. We are so happy to have you. I have so much overflow. I can't even get to everybody. I'm sure Danielle is probably getting to that point as well, where it's like, I have hundreds of people that want to get on the show. And like, I can only record so much because I actually have to stand up and like use the bathroom and take showers and like, like function as a human as well, not just on zoom calls all day, which is so fun, but 
also understand that I now have a recording schedule because in the beginning it was like, sure, when are you free? I'll talk to you on Thursday at four o'clock. I'll talk to you on Friday at two. Like it was wild and I could never get anything done. So that was another thing. But again, that came with time. So when you're starting this, understand and just talk to yourself. Be like, self, what can I commit to this? What, how many hours a week can I commit to this? How often am I going to be posting? Because consistency is very important. If you are like, I could probably do like 10 episodes a month, then just put them on Saturdays or Sundays or Fridays, pick a day. And it's okay to schedule things out. It's okay to have episodes sitting in your drafts that you really, really, really want to publish because you know, the summer's going to be really busy and you can just put these out because consistency is more important than, than quantity right? Having the consistent quality versus just, well, February, there was 40 episodes. And then from June to August, there was nothing, you know, I did that in the beginning and I burnt myself out. And I was like, I'm taking, I'm taking July. I think I took July off. I was like, I can't even do this. And I was not even at the point in my life where I could tell anyone. I just stopped recording and people reached out and they're like, are you still going to do this? And I was like, yes, I just, I had to take a month off and I'm sorry. I didn't tell anybody but I just had to do this. And my, my brain was like, just disappear. And it happened and it's okay. Um, you're going to, you're going to hit those roadblocks and it's okay. Uh, it's just part of it. So it really is like, I know I'm all over the place here with this advice, but that's, that's sort of like my nutshell, I guess, um, just to start it, to talk to people and, and, you know, my podcast literally was its own thing. And I just sort of nurtured it and was just like, I don't know who's going to come on next week. I don't know what email is going to be responded to. We're just going to record when we can. And now I have more of a schedule, more of a focus, I do themes. And I have certain people I talk to and I'm talking about certain topics and there is more of a focus now, but in the beginning, it was just about getting the message out there and just being like, just listen, is this something you like? And then the other thing was, I created a community around my podcast. And so anytime I had a question about something like, do you guys prefer two-parters or do you just prefer like an extra long episode? Everyone's like, just do the extra long episode. So any questions that I felt like, I don't know what to do. I asked the people who I was making this for, what do you guys prefer? This is for you. So really like, that's like when I, when I tell you guys, I have no idea what I'm doing. I hope that that answer proved it to you. I literally have no idea what I'm doing. I fly by the seat of my pants. I, I figure out what works and I stick with it and I expand on that and I throw away what doesn't work or I try to fix it and and try again. That's how I live my entire life. So (laughs) yeah, it's worked so far, I guess. I I would agree. I'd say like, you know, whatever works for you, like me and Roberta have different styles for scheduling. And that's partially because of my, the way I run my like scheduling for my clients. I just kind of schedule the podcasts in there with my clients. (laughs) Um, But like, it's cool. Like whatever works for you is what works for you. Just start, just start. Like when I started, I just started with the podcast and then I was like, okay, well, like, I feel like I need a place for people to be able to contact me. So like, let me make an Instagram. My Instagram started with just my pictures of the episodes as they were released. And then I was like, okay. I feel like I should make like TikToks or reels or something like that. Like everyone's having so much fun. Like I want to have fun. Right. <laughs> so like yeah. I just make cute little reels and like they're not anything like spectacular. Like um, uh, what's what's her username? Nicole's username. Um, Anti Emily Nicole. Anti yeah. 
Anti Emma and Nicole, you should follow her because she makes fantastic She's reels. Amazing. And I always watch them and I'm like, I wish I could do that. And I know that I could, right? Eventually, I'm getting there. My reels are getting better. But like, she does such a good job. Oh and my gosh, she's amazing. Just wow. Like, I'm so impressed. Like, she puts so much work into them, and I'm just like, damn. And yeah. like, you know, you just add on things as like, absolutely like start with one thing and like get to a point where you can manage that. And then if you want to do another kind of content, like podcasting is long form content. So if you feel like you need to add short form content to like help people find your message, like you'll be able to do it. It, it just takes a little bit of practice and yeah. patience with yourself. A podcast is really great because um, you don't have to get dressed in something <laughs> nice. I mean, you should probably wear something, but you don't need to wear something fancy. Uh, you don't have to do your hair or your makeup or like be camera ready. It's very casual. So many people ask me like, do you record these? And I'm like, yes, but it's just for us. So by all means, like get all dolled up if you want, but it's just for me. Um, it's, it's very casual. You can, I've got probably like as my, I don't know if you can hear my washing machine. It's like, I'm just <laughs> for real, for real right now. It's like, it's like 40 minutes long is a stupid song that lets me know that my laundry's done. Um, like, <laughs> so annoying as a podcaster to hear things because I can hear it in my mic and I don't know if it's in the recording until I listen to it later. It's not. <laughs> okay. Cause I can hear it. My microphone, seriously, the microphone that I use that's on my favorites is so sensitive because I plug the headphone is plugged into the mic mm-hmm. so I can hear it's like an ASMR. Like I can hear it. Like I can hear my dog's nails clacking on the hardwood outside as he walks down the hallway. And I'm like, is that in, is that in there? So I'll like pause. No. Okay. We're good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The ridiculousness of my life. And I have no idea what I was talking about when I went on that tangent. Starting. Oh, you were talking about how podcasts are great because they're long form content. Because of all of this that I just said, that's why yeah. podcasts are great. I can edit all of this out on my end if I wanted to, right? I can just be like, Duh. there's so many times when I'm recording, it's really funny, especially those episodes where it's just me and I'm telling stories or I'm telling like fraud and I'm like educating when I'm editing those, because I will hear it. Like someone will sneeze or cough and it's in there and you'll hear me. And I'm like, for real, like <laughs> it's in there. Me being like, okay, we'll just pause and the sneezing's done okay and then I continue and I edit that stuff out but it's really funny because you can hear my brain because I actually say something and you can tell when I'm slightly annoyed at things (laughs) I feel like I could do a whole entire episode of like my annoyed outtakes when I'm recording my own stuff in quiet it's very funny um but podcasts are great and I love I love it and then I also love using TikTok because short form, right? I can educate very quickly. I reference a lot of my podcast episodes. People will be like, do you have anything about this? And I'm like, yeah, we've got a pot. We've got four podcast episodes about that. Like if you really are interested, there's four hours plus of information you can get here. And then it also connects, like I was saying, like building a community, your podcast for me, my podcast is a community. And so I want to build that community. I want to be present for people. I don't want to just be like this person that like doesn't exist and is just like this Roberta Blevins like we never see her anywhere 
Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's really cool to like be able to connect with people and then like, you know, it's cool to have a face to the name, you know what I mean? Like when I didn't know what you looked like and then I started following you on TikTok, I was like, oh, that's Roberta. I mean, I saw your Vice documentary first and I was like, that's Roberta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what people it. assume I look like based on my voice, but I don't know. Like, I was like, you know, it's just like funny because I, I don't really put faces to anything. Like when I read Harry Potter and then I watched the movies, I was like, yeah, I guess that's what they look like. <laughs> like there was no right. like preconceived anything unless there was something like very specific. Like if Harry didn't have his scar, I would have been like, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I had no idea, but I mean, I love adding the short form in there. The TikTok is a really great way to quickly connect with people. I haven't really like dove into YouTube too much, but I will be doing that this year. Um, I'm just trying to find a space on YouTube that doesn't already have a lot of amazing people, right? So like, again, I'm trying to find the hole in the YouTube advocacy Yeah. Um, because I don't want to just continuously post what I've already made in a different form. Like I want to create new content right. as a way to like also follow here because it's different. We do different things over here. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I'm adding this year continuing bringing more people from the movement in to collaborate with me and with other people I think the collaboration is really important and it's really fun um it's you know if you want to be a part of this movement like we said there's just so many places for you to go and there's so many places and, and things for you to do and podcasting is really easy right. and free mostly free mostly free completely um when you I could even it. use like your freebie headset and, and mic from like your iPhone in the beginning. Yeah. I was using you know? just my like laptop at first. And then somebody was like, you really need to use a microphone. Yeah. And like, I was like, shame on me because like my fiance already bought a podcast microphone for his podcast. <laughs> and I was like, I really could just use that. It's not like right. fantastic or anything, but like I have one. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just little things, right? Like it's, if you pan back my advocacy, it's a gigantic puzzle that's not yet been completed. I might have most of the border and there's like a little bit here and a little bit there that I've done, but even myself, I'm always a work in progress. I'm always growing. I'm always thinking, how can I add more value into this and more education, more compassion? How can I make this more fun? How can I make this more engaging uh, what's another way to reach people that I haven't been able to reach them because it's really important and it's fun and it's passionate. And like, I've said this before, but like, I don't think I've ever had something in my life that's more rewarding than this other than being a mother. Yeah. Like that's the most rewarding thing. And then this, and I mean, for people out there that are parents, like just that's, that's for me, like, this is my baby. My daughter's 10. She's, she doesn't want to snuggle and do all these things. Most times she's on her own path and she's like very wild and weird and wonderful all on her own. And so a lot of times, especially because my husband and I are, are divorced or my ex-husband, I guess, uh, my co-parent we're divorced and we live separately and we have um, a schedule that's 50, 50, but it's two days on two days off three days on <laughs> and then swap the next week. So it's very confusing, but it's, it's great and it's wonderful and it works for me and I'm able to focus on this which is my other baby uh, and be able to have time with my real baby 
And then when she's at school, like right now, or when she's with her dad on certain weekends or certain days is when I do all my batch recording and all of my like late nights and all of my Zooms and, and, and lives and things like that um, when I can. And so I can do this and, and fit it into the pockets of my time, like MLM <laughs> taught us. But with the caveat of, I don't have to do this. I'm choosing to do this. And I know there's people in MLMs being like, well, I also chose to do that. And it's like, right. But you chose to do that because someone else told you it was a good idea. Right. No one's telling me that I should or shouldn't. No one's telling me, you know what you should do, but myself, there's no upline of me. I don't even know who the upline of me would be, but there's no upline. Robert Fitzpatrick's not calling me being like, why haven't you made a video on TikTok? You know what I mean? Like that's not happening. Stephen Hassan's not angry that I haven't posted more of his content on my Instagram or whatever, you know, like that's not happening. There is no pyramid here. There's no cult here. Right. You do as much as you want. You take what you want. You leave what you don't like. It's, it's a community. It's the community you were looking for when you joined MLM, that compassionate, loving community of people who just want to support you. But there's no, there's no toxicity here. Right. And in fact, we're teaching you what toxicity is and what it looks like and how to avoid it. So you're really actually not going to find it here because if you, if you did come and stay and learn all those things, you would see that immediately. Yeah. And also, <laughs> it's cool. Like, Wait a second. That's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very obvious. It's cool too, because like we call each other out too. Like, Hey, like I get where you're going with this point. You're, yeah. you missed it just a little bit. And here's how you can get there. Right. Know, like, you know, we can really support each other and trying to like find that and like making yeah. sure that we're all being what we want to be. I mean, is- if you really think about it, if you are in any situation that you feel guilty and shame, right? Any situation, anything, it doesn't have to be an MLM. It could be you ate the entire chocolate cake and you're feeling guilty and shameful for whatever reason you feel like you need to feel that way. Like any, any guilt that you have, like there's, it's, it's just, it's, it's unnecessary. And you're not going to, you're not going to have that here. Like we're very much like, it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty. That's problematic. And this is why let us help you. Let us educate. Let us give you the permission to let it go. You don't have to feel guilt over these things. You don't have to feel this way anymore. Um, That's why I think your podcast is so great. Talking about the mental health aspect, not a lot of people do. And like, I've talked about it, but like yours is the focus, which is so wonderful. And it is so great to have it be like a companion episode. And I have told a lot of people that talk to me, who should I talk to next? And you are always on that list of like, if you want to continue, like with Carla said, if you want to continue, here's some podcasts to reach out to. I've got friends that do these, or I've got connections. If you want to talk to these people, I can get you in touch. And it's, it's very important. I think it's incredibly important that we are a community and, um, you don't have to feel guilty. Absolutely. You don't have to feel guilty at all. We're, we're just, we want you here. I welcome you with open arms as much or as little as you want to be. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for my final question? Yeah. Totally. What is your anti MLM? Why? Ooh, God. that's my closing question for the podcast. Yes. My anti MLM. Why? It doesn't have to make you cry. It it probably will, which is why I'm sort of hesitant, like trying to phrase this in the way, because I know you don't edit. 
um, my anti-MLMY. I've never felt rock bottom in my life until I left MLM. I scraped my hands and knees on those rocks. I didn't scrape my face, but I scraped my hands and knees on those rocks. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how I got there. I was like, where are we going? And why am I in this hand basket? Like I had no idea what was happening to me. And I wish, I wish there was somebody like me when I left to say, it's okay. And there wasn't. And um, see here, I get emotional. Um, (laughs) Everything I was taught in LuLaRoe about like seeing a hole and filling it and getting your water to the end of the row. When I realized what the truth was, when I sat and I looked in the mirror and I did my introspective reflection and I started reading Stephen Hassan's research and I started reading Dr. Don, John Taylor's research. And I, I started reading Stephen has or uh, Robert Fitzpatrick's research and all of these people's research. And I was like, it's been here the whole time. Like everybody knew this the whole time. Like, how come no one told me? Like, why wasn't this here? Like this information has been here for how long? This, these companies have been doing this for how long? It's, it's been connected to all of this for how, what? Why isn't anybody talking about this? Like, this is destructive. I've got scars on my hands and knees from this. I will never get rid of like what? And it made me really angry. And I knew that I was angry enough to make a difference, to change it. Right. I don't know if anybody else had been that angry. Hell hath no fury, but I don't know if anybody else in the anti-MLM community previously had been that angry. And that's what led them to diving into that. But that's where I found my compassion when I started realizing, holy shit, 99%. So like, like I was doomed, but I was successful, but I was doomed. So it doesn't matter. All of those women underneath me were doomed too. Like everybody was doomed, but why didn't anybody tell us this? Like it was that sort of peeling back the facade and peeling back the curtain and seeing just this little shriveled old man speaking and like, don't pay attention to me. Look at the big creature over there. It's amazing. Right. It's like, that's what I saw. And I was like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why are we talking about all these other movements, all these other social injustices, all these other horrible things, you know, like incarceration and the me too movement, all of these other things that are affecting people. Cause it was, that was all happening. And I'm just like, no, this is a thing too. This hurts people too. This is part of it too. And Sarah even talks about that when Nexium, when all the things came out about Nexium in 2017, that was right at the height of the Me Too movement. And that was one of the reasons that she actually got any traction and had anybody even give a fuck about what was happening to them was because it was part of what was going on. And they were able to sort of like jump into that. Right. And I just imagine like, had there been somebody and a movement when I was desperate and lonely and sad in 2013, after my dad died, would I have joined It Works the next year? Would I have joined LuLaRoe the year and a half after? Would I have done those things if there was somebody like me and a community like we have now saying, hey, babe. It's not you. 
Okay. Here's some facts. Let me help you. I think my life would look a lot different. And I'm not, I don't have regrets because going through that abyss and, and going through my hero's journey, like made me who I am today. And I think I'm pretty fucking awesome. Like, I think I'm a really cool, fun person. Um, and I've learned a lot and, you know, because of LuLaRoe, because of MLM. And I know that's like a totally long-winded way to say that, but like, that's, that was my why. Why isn't someone else already talking about this? Like, why isn't, why isn't there some, because with the people that were talking about it, were shaming. Well, you're stupid. You deserve it. You deserve to, to scrape your knees on rock bottom. You deserve that. You're an idiot. Like, no, I'm not. What gives you, like, who are you to shame me at all? Right. Are you perfect? Are you throwing stones for what reason? Are you a Christian too? Are you going to say that? Are you going to treat me like that? And then say, it's fine. Cause Jesus loves me. Like, are you going to use faith manipulation and all of this stuff to shame me as well? Like there was just so many things and it was coming from so many angles and I knew it wasn't me. And I knew there were so many factors and I didn't know how many factors until like, there's still factors I'm learning every single day that I'm like, oh my God, they use that too. But at the time I had no idea. And I just didn't want anybody else to have to have scars on their knees and hands like I do. If I could just help one person. Yeah. If I could just save one starfish on a beach. Then it would be different. And I, I think that um, with what we're, we're doing really and what you're doing we are definitely stopping people from getting all of the scrapes. I think, you know, right now we're starting to see they just caught themselves by their hands. They only went to one. They tripped. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're catching people now. Yeah. (laughs) Like the people that join for 45 days and then they're like, Oh no, what did I do? And they see your podcast, they see your TikToks and they're like, I joined and I left because I saw your TikTok. Like the girl on Instagram live the other night when I was on there with Mallory and, and Courtney. And it was a girl that was like, had been talking to Mallory because she had seen Mallory's anti-monate stuff. And she was like, oh my God, I just joined this company two weeks ago. Can I talk to you? And we invited her onto a live and we sat there and we asked her questions like, why did you join? Well, what made you decide to join? Well, what research did you do? Well, and it was so unbelievably cathartic. And she sent us an email later and she said, I quit Monet. Wow. That's amazing. And like, we literally walked her through the process. We were like, no, uh, what did they tell you to say when someone said it's a pyramid scheme? How many other jobs have you had where they've trained you that? What was the, what, what did your fam- family and friends say? Well, they all said it was a pyramid scheme and a scam. Why did you join anyway? Well, I watched the million dollar earner video and it, it cemented my decision. I said, so you had people that truly loved you that have nothing to gain from you. Tell you this is a scam. Be careful. And the predators were able to get you, get their claws and teeth into you by showing you a propaganda video that only like what 0.008% of the company even achieves ever. Right. And that's what we said to her. And she was like, oh my God. Like, she was just like, what? We're like, yeah. Like, like there, no one is like, that's the million dollar earners. Like that's, it's such a small percentage of people. And when presented with facts and we're like, look, we have nothing to gain by you leaving. 
It doesn't affect me at all if you leave at all. I don't lose any money. I don't gain any money. I don't lose any sleep or gain any sleep. It doesn't affect me at all. I'll remember this. And I'll always wonder if you left or stayed like, but other than that, like, it doesn't affect me at all. And so we also told her after you speak to us, you're probably going to want to talk. You're probably going to go talk to your upline. Like, we just know this is going to happen. We want you to be cognizant that these are things that she might say to you. And we gave her like a laundry list of things that perhaps would happen, perhaps would. And she was like, everything you said would happen, happened. Wow. And she left. So we were like, who, who's benefiting from you being in this? It's not you. Here's the stats. It's not you. So who? And sometimes it's, it's those hard, those hard questions, right? It's those whys, but why in the opposite way? Not like, why did you join? Why are you doing this? But like, why did you join? Like, what was the real why that you joined and not the bullshit one that they made you like spiral into in a, in a recruitment meeting? Like, what was the real reason you hit sign up? And, you know, it's, it's happening. (laughs) So, um, happening. It's it's not anything I ever thought would happen this fast. I thought maybe one day, but, um, thank you 2021 for kicking it into high gear, I guess. I I think that soon we're going to, you know, like I was saying, people are, we're seeing a lot of people are just, just catching themselves by their hands. And I think soon we're going to just see the people that trip yeah. And catch themselves. And then we're going to see the people that are like, because Avoiding of you, I've known all together. <laughs> because of you, I've known the whole time. I've known the right. whole time. Oh, here's another good thing before we end. There was a yeah. woman on the, I think, TikTok Live last night with Michelle who commented and she was like, I'm 21 years old and I've never been in an MLM and I never will, thanks to you. Yes. And I was like, I and I, I seriously was like, that's the comments we want to see. Like, here we are reaching a generation before the generation gets sucked in. Like we are hitting these people before the MLMs are even going to come to them. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I can't even believe that that just happened. That's amazing. It's, it's just, it's wild. It's like, we're connecting with that demographic and making a difference, yeah. which is most likely the reason most people joined MLM or told themselves was the reason they joined MLM in the beginning was to make a difference and to help people. Yep. And I'm, I'm actually, I've helped thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. Now more people I ever helped when I was selling moldy leggings, more people I ever helped when I was trying to convince people that a piece of plastic with lotion on it would make them skinny. You know what I mean? Like yeah, more than all of that I've helped. And yeah, um, I do need to be a little more embracing of myself and say, I am a badass. You are. And I did this. Um, but always, again, because of the humbleness, I can never take full credit for this. It's not me. It's not just me. It is an entire community of amazing women and men who are here, who've been here before me and who continue to join after. Um, and I'm so unbelievably proud of everybody. And there's always room at the table. We're just going to add more chairs and more leaves into this table until no one else wants to join it, but it is infinitely, infinitely expanding. And I'm, I'm so unbelievably proud of everybody. Yes. Thank you so much, Roberta, for coming on. Um, literally, <laughs> I remember starting this podcast and being like, 
one day Roberta Blevins is going to be on here. And um, so how long did it take? Five months, five months. Boom. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Five months. Yeah. And it would have happened a lot sooner had I like actually known more. You could have reached out to me like the second day you did it. I probably would have said, of course. <laughs> yeah. so if you guys are out there and you're like, okay, I'm going to start this podcast. Seriously, let me know when you're ready to have me on your show. I would love to be on your show. Just yes. And like, <laughs> don't be like, I was scared. I was scared to reach out. Don't to be you. scared. I'm so normal. I'm you, so you regular. Are so normal. You like, <laughs> Like in the nicest, like, I don't mean that in a weird, uh, I don't know, other kind of way. <laughs> Whatever um, normal means. <laughs> yeah. Like you are like such an approachable person. And like, once I finally got, like when we were texting before I went on, I was like, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> like our conversation was like, so like, okay, when, okay, we'll see. I don't know. And then like, we became friends and now I'm like, yeah, now we just talk like regular yeah, people and I'm like, oh, okay. Don't ever be afraid of me. I'm like so non-scary at all. Seriously. Even if you're like, even if you're thinking like, oh my God, I have a TikTok and I really want Roberta to like duet it because it would be so funny. Like I really want to collaborate with her. Like email me, let's do it. Like, let's do it. I'm all about this. I'm all about the community and creating and being a part of the community that I created. It's not just me being like, look at this cool thing I did. Like I'm actually active in it as well. You can find me in the Facebook groups. You can find me on Instagram. I try to respond to as many people as I can when I have the time to do so. Um, my inbox is a nasty, nasty nightmare. So if you're trying to get a hold of me and you've messaged me, you should probably comment and be like, Hey, I sent you a message. Can you check it? And I will just click your name and go from there because my inbox, you guys, it's not even funny. I'm terrified of my inbox, mostly because it's like so-and-so reacted to your story. So-and-so reacted to your story. So it's just like hundreds and hundreds of those that I have to get through. And it's, it's very, very daunting. So if there's a message that you're waiting for me to see, just let me know in a comment that you messaged me and I will find it that way. I promise I'm not ignoring you. I promise I'm not like too important or too whatever. I'm just, the only thing I am is too busy. So you just have to be like, and I will help you out. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I'm going to put as many resources as I can in the show notes. I'm pretty sure that uh, TikTok live that you guys did from last night, I think Michelle might've posted that on YouTube. Yeah, I think it's on YouTube. That in the um, show notes too. That way people can go back and watch it because- it, it was fun. I only I only saw some of it, but like it was good. Um, was but yeah, everyone, if you can um, rate the episode, share the episode, all of the things to tell people, tell all your anti MLM friends to listen to this podcast. Yes, exactly. And, and everybody that is like listening to my podcast and is like, "What do I listen to now?" Like, let them know this podcast exists too. You know, like this is an amazing companion podcast. Um, and we've already talked on my podcast, but it won't come out until after you're married because the mental health aspect of dealing with that needs to be after you're not super duper busy, that is going to come out too. Um, and I cannot wait to see, we're going to connect after that comes out just to see what happens to your numbers and all of that, because I can't even tell you how many people are like, what do I listen to now that this is over? I have to wait every week for a new episode. I'm like, I got, I got you. I got you, fam. I got you. Especially where I'm pushing out like four episodes a week. So they'll be. Yeah. Don't get burnout though. Take time. You'll get burned out. Just. Yeah. What's, 
What's burnout? burnout? You're going to hit burnout. You know that I burnout in like April. (laughs) I live in burnout land. I live in burnout land. That's just like my normal. I do self-care too. I've been getting better about setting boundaries and things like that, but yes, self-care is very important. All of it's very important. Yeah. But all right, everyone have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Roberta. And thank you.